What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Blue. It's another episode of Blue Dope. And today I have a guest that, you know, maybe you've seen her on the Food Network. Maybe you you follow her on Instagram. Maybe you caught her at Samsung Live on the Billboard in Times Square. All of these different places. She's doing her thing and she's known for creating and curating these dishes that go viral and everyone wants to try. And y'all might know as that nurse can cook because they say that nurse can cook. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Elena you for Forstein. having me. I, I didn't say your name this whole time. <laughs> oh I'm just my calling God. you a nurse that can cook, right? <laughs> right? I feel like everybody knows me as yes. that nurse can cook. They don't even call me Helena. Every time they see me, they're like, that nurse can cook. And I'm just like, hey. People really shout that in the street at <laughs> Yes, you? they do. That's <laughs> they, hilarious. They will roll their windows down and be like, that nurse can cook. And I'm just like, Hey. Does that happen in the hospital too? Yes, it does. Okay, so people don't <laughs> even separate it. They're just like, yeah, Yo, they're I, just I don't care where we are. Yeah, or sometimes they're like, hey, you know, I don't want to be the one. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know yeah. it's not the right. <laughs> I know it's not the right setting, but um, or they go, you the nurse that can cook, right? <laughs> you know, you just gotta appreciate the love. Now, you gotta appreciate the love. <laughs> now, I grew up in a household where my mother was an RN. And mm-hmm. like my, my mother's mother and I got a bunch of RNs in my family. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where you find the time mm-hmm. to do everything you're doing. And <laughs> I definitely, I think I'm probably more interested in, in anything. <laughs> like that's like, I'm interested in hearing that part. Like how yeah. you find time because you're a mother, a wife, you're doing all these things and mm-hmm. you've grown this community. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I want to know a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? Where's your family from? All that good stuff. Sure. Well, I was, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was actually born in London. Oh. And I came here, well, my mom and I came here when I was around three years old. Okay. And we settled in Crown Heights. I used go. to live on Eastern Parkway. Oh, wow. So you was ready for Crown yes. automatically. <laughs> yes. And you know what's crazy? Like some of my earliest contact with our culture, like really being immersed into our culture, was the Labor Day Parade. Yes. It passed right in front of yes. my stoop. Oh, so I have like these awesome memories of the barricades going up from like Saturday night yes. and just feeling that excitement the street vendors the sound systems the trucks yes. everything starting and we would literally go and sit out on the step and we had a front row seat y'all had the best view we had the best view it was amazing so I grew up in Brooklyn um, once we left uh, Eastern Parkway we moved a little bit further down Nostrand Avenue okay. to Rutland okay it's okay. like little Caribbean now yes. and like every time I go there I just feel like I'm at home nice I'm at home my mom is Jamaican okay. she's from the parish of Hanover okay. and she's your typical Jamaican mother what can I say <laughs> Typical. <laughs> was, was she the chef of the house growing up? Yes, she's the chef of the house. Like I grew now that I have such a different perspective on my childhood, I find myself have having different conversations with her. Like, mom, most of these days, like I don't even feel like cooking anything because we rarely ate out. Okay, eating out was like. For what? <laughs> for what? Like, what are we eating out for? Eating out was like Christmas. Yeah. So I found myself asking her, like, you literally cooked all the time. Wow. All the time. And we ate rice and peas every single <laughs> Sunday for like 20 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, how did you manage? And she was like, the truth is I was tired. Mm. I did it 
tired and she started telling me like you know it was really difficult for working moms to take care of themselves like we had our traditional roles in the house yeah. like it was our duty to make sure the house was clean the food was cooked and all that type of stuff but she didn't really have that much time for herself so as i carved out this lane for myself i had to think about what i wanted my life to look like wow what parts of her life that i can say you know what i really admire but how can i do it a little bit different so i don't okay. lose myself in the process wow. so a lot of that looks like me putting the phone down Okay. <laughs> sometimes okay. because a lot of people say you know how do you quote unquote balance yes and i tell them i don't really strive for balance i don't think there is a such thing as yeah, balance yeah. i think you have to set healthy boundaries yep. that's really it, what it is because there's no way unless you create a clone of yourself it is going to be impossible for you to give every single area of your life a hundred percent of your a hundred percent of yourself sometimes you have to be like you know what i am gonna put the phone down and i'm gonna take a break yeah for maybe two or three days yeah or wow. it looks like i am going to take this one day or i'm going to set aside two days out of the week to get as much content done okay. as possible so that i stay consistent i'm going to get better at optimizing my content so that it gains legs mm -hmm. always, um, i use that it gains some legs if you put out a really good piece of content it can gain some legs and it'll do the walking for you for a few days so you don't feel like mm. you have to be on the app every yeah. single day constantly putting out content because you're going to burn out. Yes. And when I first started, I was prone to a lot of burnout because I felt like I had to put out content every single yeah. day. Yeah. And it's not sustainable in the long run. That's like the big thing people are trying to figure out. But it's like quality, quantity. It's just like, do you have to stay in front of people's faces every day? But legs that's, legs. that's the word if you create content that provides value it'll gain legs you know why because what are people going to do they're going to hit that share button yeah. they're going to share it with their family their friends and everyone everyone i don't care who it is you have that one person who you send reels to like homework yes yes or it might be <laughs> like, the group chat or something it might be the group chat yep. it could be your husband True. my dm my me and my husband send reels to each other oh, yeah. all day long I, my wife and i we got this one that we, we started saving the stuff like the date nights like, oh that's a date yes. night idea let's let's save it here exactly yeah. and it's like hello i sent you like five reels like how come you have responded yeah so if you create good content people are going to continue to share it and once you're watching your friends ig stories you see something interesting yep. what are you going to do you're going to click, click on, on it, it go to that and page. Then you're going to share it too yes yep. and on then that the page and go. then you sit and before you know it you're like scrolling the person's feed and you're like this person got some good stuff yes. so as time went on i got better at providing better value mm -hmm. so that i don't have to be on the app so much and so that i nice. don't have to be constantly producing all the time nice nice mm -hmm. <laughs> i, I want to go back to eastern parkway just because i'm trini right so <laughs> yeah. i wanted to know you ever play math you, <laughs> you ever did king's carnival or anything my whole I'm family was Hawks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hawks yeah. International. Yes. I'm a Sesame Flyers girl. I did do Sesame Flyers for two years, and then I did Ramajay okay. um, yeah, yeah. the next day. But I, I 
carnival life is calling me. Mm. But I kind of feel like I've done Labor Day already. Yeah. I feel like I need to go to Trinidad yeah, yeah. and get that Miami real. Or... Yes, yeah. but I, I feel like Trinidad is on my bucket list. Okay. I need some doubles. Yes. I need some roti. Yes. I need a cold morbi. I need sauce and everything. You got to have the pepper. You got to have the yes. tamarind sauce. You got to have everything. And I just want to go there and experience what it's like to play mass in, I feel like, the capital of carnival <laughs> <laughs> there you go no I think I, I, I keep saying I want to plan like a, a group trip maybe 2025 I'm a, yeah. I'm, I think I need to set it up it's the first time I'm saying it out loud yeah. I need to set it up speak it yes, speak it put trip. it out there it was 25 or 26 <laughs> give people time because mm-hmm. we in 2024 by the time this year so it's just like yeah yes and you know you got to put that out people there from be now ready. because it never makes it out the group chat. No, yeah, true. Because <laughs> once the down payment start, yeah, having to be, and it's yeah, like, it's like mm, people are like, mm, yeah, well, I don't know. you know, the way the bank account set up. <laughs> I'm not in the same mind frame yeah. that I was when I agreed to this trip. You know, exactly. And also things happen. Um, me and my friends been trying to plan a getaway for how many years, and every single time we get close to it, somebody gets pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> including you <laughs> including me and it's and, and or it's like well someone's planning to get pregnant okay. it's either that or Got someone's it. planning to get pregnant and it's always like wait till you drop the baby girl and like my friend has four kids my other kid she has one and she wants more and it's just like when are we gonna get this girl trip popping <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know they're like after number five when we're like... done having kids when, 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 when are we gonna do it exactly are you done Am I done? Uh, today I am. Okay. Okay. My son has been teething mm. for the past two weeks. He's got a runny nose That's right funny. now. The house is a mess. And but on days like that, I'm like, I ain't doing this no more. Yeah, I'm good. I ain't having no more kids. <laughs> like this, this is the last time we are going through this. I mean, it's so sweet and you cherish moments when your life is chaos because honestly when you look back on these days you forget about how rough it is true all you see is the beauty of those moments you have you scroll through your iphone you're like oh my gosh i remember when he could hardly talk or remember that was his favorite word to say and before you know it they start changing and you don't really realize it 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 and you don't get it back I ain't gonna lie. I know you got three. <laughs> I have three. I'm not in the pamper stages anymore, right? My, yeah. my youngest, he's, you know, in first grade. And I actually had that feeling the other day. I'm just yeah. like, yo, man, I miss like that baby stage. I'm like, I gotta snap myself you out gotta, of it. You gotta like, snap yourself. Relax. Like, <laughs> all right, so let me remind you. Let me, I'll, I'll <laughs> let me ground you. <laughs> let me bring yes. you back down to earth. The car seat stage. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Do you have enough space yeah. for four for four in the back? Nazi. That's number one. You might have to upgrade mm-hmm. to a different vehicle. Mm-hmm. Can you upgrade? Get in that car seat out. Yeah. <laughs> Next to the other ones. Next to the other ones. They're squished in the back. Yeah. And getting the car seat out is not as easy on your back as it was True. almost a True. decade ago. True. True. It'll the have you not wanting. My lower the back, back is different right now. <laughs> you don't got the my same back. My lower back hurts a little bit right now. I go you don't have the same back. <laughs> and listen, that'll have you contemplating whether or not you even want to leave the house. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> true. Like, I'm going to stay in today. Whoa. Do I want to fight with this car seat today? Or do I just want to chill? Yeah. And you're, you go back to it taking you an hour and a half to get out of the house. 
making sure you leave with enough food enough diapers i'm gonna tell you a funny story um father's day of this year um our baby was like six weeks old mm -hmm. and we were just like getting back into the swing of things now we hadn't had a baby in diapers for like six yeah, maybe wow. five years wow. and I was so proud of myself. I got everybody done. Um, our outfits were even matching, kind of. Okay. Everyone's hair was combed, ironed. I had a reservation. We left on time. We were really, like, I felt like I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I almost <laughs> feel like I know it's about to happen. So, we get, like, five minutes away from the restaurant. Mm. And my daughter goes... Who's got the baby's bag? Oh wow! <laughs> I'm like, I looked at my husband like, you 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 put you, you put the bag. He's so I like, thought you had I, it. Th I thought you did it. <laughs> I'm like, I thought you did it. We had no diapers. Oh, we had no milk. Nothing. We oh, was we was just out there with the baby. Yeah, it was a wrap. <laughs> he would have been looking at y'all like I'm hungry. I just I'm hungry, myself. and I'm just like. I thought you was going to say a blowout occurred. Because <laughs> those... Now those that... <laughs> that too. That happened when we were in Miami. Nice. We got the bright idea. Let's go to Miami. Yeah. We had to pull over on the side of the road. And he had a blowout. Yeah. And we opened up the Fantastic. back of the trunk. Lay, lay the blanket <laughs> uh -huh. out. And it was us in little Haiti in 95 degree <laughs> weather sweating buckets changing a blowout diaper on the side of the road but you wow. know what all we could do is just laugh yeah. in that moment like yeah. what are you gonna at do at least it's warm yes <laughs> that's <clears throat> it but no um the, the joys of parenthood yeah, that's the joy of parenthood, man. Like, once they get older, you're not getting these days yeah, back. Like, yeah. just keep reminding yourself. I, I love that you painted this really nice picture of how you experienced Brooklyn and being on Eastern Parkway mm -hmm. and Nordstrom Ave. Like, what was the rest of your dynamic just growing up in Brooklyn? Because for mm -hmm. some people, they just hear Brooklyn. They like they know it was tough at a certain time. It's different yeah. now, right? Yeah. Brooklyn's real trendy now. Right. People want to come visit. Right. But, like, what was the rest of your dynamic? Did you feel mm -hmm. like you had, like, a easiness kind of going through Brooklyn you know me and my husband talk about this a lot because I feel like as we got older we tend we tend to like shield our kids a little bit like mm. we we moved out to the suburbs and as we're trying to teach them a lot more independence like a lot of our parents are like oh my god like no 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 like yeah. and me and my husband are like we grew up in Giuliani Brooklyn <laughs> in the 90s yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, we had no cell phones, nope. there was no air tags, nope. there was no technology like that, and we were like just in these outside, streets. Yeah. We were outside. Yeah. Our parents let us go outside, we were running the streets. I was in the fire hydrant every day with my sure. friends. We was going to the corner store, we'll get a quart of water. Mm -hmm. we, you know, that was back when 50 Cent had legs exactly <laughs> legs <laughs> you was doing something with it you might get the quarter water and a bag of chips and a bag of chips and if your friend was balling she might get you like a pack of skittles and y'all could share now a later mm -hmm. a 10 cent now a later yep. we were like going to the park like we had yeah. one bike my friend would i was <laughs> always the, the weak park. link hop on the <laughs> hop on the handlebar. Uh -huh. somebody had pegs on yep. their wheel yep. like stand on the back yes Put your hand on the shoulders, yes. 
and don't move. It's that real Brooklyn. <laughs> no, I, 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 lo- I love this. It's taking me back. Yes. <laughs> Someone might get a hero. Someone might ball out. Yes. <laughs> it's, it was that. It was, you know, the Chinese store. It was dousing your chicken wings like in ketchup, ketchup hot and hot sauce. sauce. Yes. And I always tell this story because it's just us. hilarious to me. I remember one Sunday I was out with my friends and my best friend was Guyanese mm-hmm. at the time. And I got the bright idea to go buy Chinese food on Sunday. And she was like, you going to go inside with that? I was like, yeah. You know, they got the <laughs> low, they got chow mein they make? That, that'd be probably. It was, nah, she was just like. I'm going to get me two chicken wings. I'm mm. going to eat them outside and then I'm going to go inside and eat my mom's dinner. Yeah. Like, nothing to, like you got to go, don't. And I was like, oh, I'm yeah. good. Nah, I'm yeah. straight. <laughs> I walked up in my house on a Sunday afternoon with like two chicken wings and french fries. And my dad was like, where are you going with that? What is that? Yeah. There is rice and peas <laughs> and stew, stew chicken. chicken. <laughs> and you're in here with Chinese. No. He looked at me. He was like, "Go put it in the garbage." Wow! And I was like, "You really gonna make I me throw?" I just like, peed for yeah. this. I had to go throw my food in the garbage, and the walk to the garbage was long yeah. and slow. Yeah. And I sat down at the dinner table, real humble, and I ate them rice and peas. <laughs> like you had to on a regular. I had to. Um. So that was really what my experience was. You know, the deli bodegas. Mm-hmm. Um. I always talk about Gloria's, you know, oh, yeah, Gloria's. Yeah. That Miss was Gloria's, like, they had three of them. Yeah. I lived down the block from Gloria's number two. And <laughs> um, uh, there were a lot of Fridays we would get curry chicken roti. Nice. My, my dad would get the curry chicken roti. My mom would get a beef roti. And back then it was $5. I, <laughs> I never yeah, forgot. It was $5 for one roti and it used to be packed. Yeah, yeah. I used to, I remember walking in there. Inside. Like you yeah. line up in a circle. You line up and I remember going in there and I remember being so short that I couldn't see over the counter. Mm. But they had um a lot of pictures on the wall. I remember looking over to my right and they just had a lot of pictures on the wall and there was like this gate. Yes. And her son would stand right at the gate taking orders yeah. on a pen pad. And he'd be like, Number five. Number eight. Mm-hmm. And then, me, 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 yeah. me. Like, there was like, it was an organized chaos, chaos. but it was an experience. Yes. And you don't realize it, but you hold those memories so dear to your heart as you get older. We've been you mentioning really Roti a few times, so now that there's no more Glorias, <laughs> where, where's your spot that you go to for Roti? Trin City. Trin City? I'm yeah. a Sings guy. I love Sings. Yeah. Trin City Trin number City. two to me. Yeah. I, Trin City is really, um, I, had, I had to pick that back up because okay. um, couldn't go out to Brooklyn for Roti anymore. So I was like, well, where can I go? It's a little bit closer. Yeah. And that that's that's my spot right now. Yeah. And yeah. I just saw Keith leave. I know. I want to go to the new spot that he Mm -hmm. found. He found some new... Tamarind Island. Yeah, I'm I'm going there soon because I saw another video before him where someone was talking about how good it was. So I definitely want to check that out. That's on my list to go to. But one of my secrets that I realized, being in the burbs now, Mm -hmm. I did the Grubhub pickup for for Sings. And Mm. and that's the way to go because them lines... Yeah. You go there, you get there, you take that time, and then you stand in line for an hour. It's crazy. Yeah. 
crazy. You got to really mentally prepare yourself. Yeah, but no, grub hub pickup for grub me Grub hub pickup. So All by right, the time I, I get that. there, it's ready. It's ready. Sometimes it's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the West Indies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the food is going to hit, though. It is. It is. The food is going to hit. But yeah, I got to try that. So when did you decide, All right, I'm, I'm going to start cooking, too? Like, I'm going to make them rice and peas with mom. You know, my mother really instilled into me as I was growing up. Like, you're going to get older. You're going to have a family one day. Yeah. You need to learn how to feed your family. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when you have a family? That was my mother. Like, it was education. And what are you going to do when you have your own family one day? Like, they're they're hungry. Food needs to be put on the table. What are you going to do? So she never really, like, shamed me into cooking. She never really forced me. But what she would do, and I don't even think she did it on purpose, but she would give me little tasks to do. Like, um, she would say, go check on the peas. Like, she's pressure cooking the peas. And back then, she used to use... I was like... Before I was 15, when okay. I when I was 15, that's when I really started saying, all right, how much seasoning do I need? How do I make chicken? But before then, I must have been like 11, okay. Okay. maybe 10, 11. She would always say, go check on the peas. And then she taught me how to release the pressure from the pressure cooker. Mm. So eating rice and peas every single Sunday, <laughs> I started learning how to tell when the peas were cooked. Okay. And I would hear that humming of the pressure cooker every, sing- every single Sunday, and I would put the cold water, release the pressure, open it. And when once I started using a spoon to stir the peas, I started being able to tell how firm the peas were. And that was really like the little science that I developed okay. in my mind. Okay, I know these peas are almost ready. And then I would go and tell her, oh, the peas are ready. So when I turned 15, that was when I really was like, okay, maybe I should start learning yeah. how to do this. Yeah. And by that time, we had moved to Queens. What part of Queens? Cause we lived in Hollis, Queens. Okay. I lived in Rosedale for a few years. Really? So we was traveling a little bit around because yeah. I was in Crown Heights and East Flatbush. Oh, my goodness. That experience is for another podcast. <laughs> I, I have a good experience That's in like, Queens either myself, honestly. I, I swear, I think that was my first bout of depression. Moving and wow. nobody talks about like how <clears throat> culture, like how it's much culture. It's like a different world when you leave from Brooklyn yeah. to Queens. Yeah. Um, and I was just in the kitchen one day and I was like, well, how much? I remember asking her well how much seasoning and she just looked at me and was like use your judgment and i was like i don't have judgment yet oh <laughs> use i was like you know what this is here she go again yes. i was like here she go again want to tell me how to do it but not tell me how to mm-hmm. do it at the same time and then i just slowly started picking things up and i don't really ever remember struggling too much um, I think I picked up so much just from being around my mom okay. all the time. And also trial and error. Yeah. Trial yeah. and error. Yeah. You're so never going to learn. You sitting there with cookbooks or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I never had a cookbook no or anything. No culinary school right at the gate or nothing. No, that. no. A lot of it was trial and error. And I always liked cooking. Yeah. I didn't. I never was at a point where I was saying, like, oh, I don't like cooking. I've always liked cooking. I've always liked to cook. Nice. But, but mom said the books... Books number one. So <laughs> books number one. You end up 
nursing school. I, uh, yeah, my mother is your traditional. My mom has. I talk about my mom a lot because she had such a heavy influence mm-hmm. on my upbringing and who I am today. And um, I got it drilled into my head. You need to find a stable career. And my mother was very much like, don't let no man come and style you. That was like her thing. Like, always make sure you have a way to feed yourself. God forbid anything happens. Make sure you have a way to feed yourself. Whether it be knowing how to cook, Mm -hmm. you can feed yourself, and knowing how to go out there and make bread. Yes. Literally. Yes. (laughs) So... She was always like, you know, get into healthcare. It's a guaranteed she career. She wasn't. Okay. My mom spent a lot of her years in corporate. Mm. <laughs> and I think she despised um, how fickle it could be. Yeah. Um, she experienced the layoffs. Mm-hmm. She experienced the downturn. Um, after 9-11, yep. she was working at Deutsche Bank. Um, at the time, and she was just like, don't be like me. Don't find yourself in a position where you're facing layoffs yeah. or you have to worry about whether or not you rub somebody the wrong yeah. way so your head is on the chopping block. Make sure you f- get an education, find a stable career, and choose a career that you will always be able to find work. So you will never be starving. True. There's always I got all nurses. these cooking puns and cooking in, innuendos, but she <laughs> she always said, make sure you never starve. Yeah. So for me, like literally, decision, exactly. <laughs> so you can't go wrong with nursing. Yeah. You'll always have a job. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you went to LIU. Yeah, I went to LIU. My mom went there too, so I really? stuck out for me. Went, yeah, yeah. Shout out to LIU. Yeah. My LIU days were rough, man. Nursing school but you was got no back to joke. Brooklyn, though, right? <laughs> yeah, At the end of the day. I made my way back to Brooklyn, right? Yeah, nursing school was no joke. It almost tried to take me out, uh-oh, but <laughs> uh-oh, but you here? <laughs> but I'm here, and I'm still standing. <laughs> Why did you choose NICU? I NICU choose NICU, you. NICU choose NICU chose me, and I want to say that because. When I graduated nursing school, St. Vincent's Hospital had just closed down. And I think um, at that time, most hospitals were on a hiring freeze. Mm. So it was incredibly difficult for me to find work. No matter what I did, nothing was working. And I was calling. Yeah, I was like, first of all, everywhere. exactly. I was like, first of all, this is not what you said. <laughs> but. I had a really hard time. I was pounding the pavement. I did everything like traditionally. I printed out resumes. Wow. I went into human resources. Um, uh, a friend of mine that I graduated nursing school with, we like set aside a day like, okay, Friday, we're going to hit up all the hospitals in Brooklyn. Monday, we're going to hit up all the hospitals in Queens. Tuesday, we're going to try Long Island. It was really difficult. And every time I went in, they would say, we're not hiring new grads. Or they would say, you need at least one year of experience. How? Right. So I'm like, well, how am I going to get the experience if you won't give me a chance? Exactly. So Just one year. Let's do a one-year deal then. Yeah. I'm like, so just let me, you can't let me rock. So it was really hard. Um, So a couple months into my search, I landed a gig at Kingsbrook. Okay. Right there on Rutland. 
um, it's by Rutland and Utica. Okay. Um, and I got a gig there um, in the nursing home. I started out in long-term care. And it was interesting. So you went to the other end of the spectrum. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> but you know what? This That was the first time I learned the importance of leveraging relationships. Um, and I did really well in school. And I formed a lot of good relationships. And one of my clinical professors was a director of human resources. And uh, I think I... I must have emailed her and I was like, listen, I've been looking for a job for like almost a year now. We're almost a year out from graduation. Um, I've been working in long term care for six months. I'm really interested. Do you know of any um, open positions um, where you are? And she was at Bellevue Hospital and she was like, well, actually, um, the NICU's hiring. And I was like, I'm out. I was like, Martin. (laughs) <laughs> I was like <laughs> different types of diapers to these diapers yes yes diapers. I went from one end of the spectrum <laughs> to another and I was just like all in and it was it's a wild ride and here I am 12 years later wow wow 12 whole years later and I remember it like it was yesterday now I mean honestly for me when I think about mm-hmm. Nick you like there's almost like this scary part for me like mm-hmm. I don't like even holding my even my own kids when they were too small. Yeah. Yeah. So to only imagine, I know a lot of kids that are in NICU, they came out early, mm-hmm. they might be in situations. I know not all of them make it. Yeah. Right? So how do you deal with that stress mm-hmm. of being in NICU and how do you just, mm-hmm. what's that like for you in NICU? Yeah. You know, um, I feel like at every, every single experience that I've been through, in life has helped me prepare for where I am today. And back then, I had a tendency to not separate myself from the work. I would just become engrossed in the work. And as an empath, you feel like I need to honor this family's pain. And and the way I honor their pain is like taking on their pain. So... I would go through depressive episodes like you you really a lot of people do not realize the relationships that nurses build with their patients and a lot of the times these losses don't occur within a short space of time sometimes these are losses of children you've taken care of over the span of months And by then, you've gotten to know them. You've gotten to know their family. You know their likes. You know their dislikes. And what happened was I would mourn. I would find myself mourning. And whenever we experience a loss, the air on the unit would be so thick. For like maybe a day or two, it it, it would get really quiet. Like we wouldn't really talk to each other. Like as coworkers, we'd just be like, in passing because we'd all be grieving we grieve with these families and we carry the memories forever like i feel like every nurse has a patient that they'll never forget but as time went on and as i started to have my own kids as i started to have my own like life outside of work that got bigger and bigger i started to realize that in order for me to show up at work in a healthy way i have to 
create a healthy separation between myself and this job. And um, I talked to a psychologist that worked with us and she told me something that'll stay with me forever. And she was just like, you do not need to take on somebody else's pain in order to honor their journey or honor their experience. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm here for you and I'm sorry that this happened. And I am mourning right along with you. But she said, it's perfectly okay to leave this behind when you step on the other side of the door. And sometimes that's easier said than done. And over time, it's something that you practice and something that you learn because it's a very thin line between showing compassion and then making sure you're not experiencing compassion fatigue. Because that's a real thing. Wow. That's a real thing. How long did it take you after hearing that to actually put that in action? It's like, it was like a light bulb went on. And she told me that one day we were out in the garden. I was dealing with a particularly challenging case. um, And I had completely, I was so hard on myself because I feel like you crossed the lines of professionalism. You got too involved with the family. And I was just beside myself. I was bawling i was sobbing ugly crying tears and she was just like i'm gonna let you have your moment and she said and then i'm gonna tell you this you do not have to take on other people's pain in order to honor their experience and i was just like i wiped my eyes and i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you don't know how much i needed to hear that I needed to hear that. And then, like, she would check on me, okay. like, how are you? Okay. And she was like, maybe you need a mental health day. You need a mental health day. I was like, yeah, I need a mental health Give me day. day off. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That birthed that nurse can cook. Mm. I, I want to go into that. I want to ask one more question here. You're a mother yourself, mm-hmm. right? But being involved in NICU before you were a mother. Mm hmm. Did that ever give you fear of motherhood and becoming a mother? Once you experience the NICU, you never look at pregnancy the same. You never look at other people's pregnancies the same. Because what happened is you have lived the worst case scenario. So for you, worst case scenario is a reality. For other people, worst case scenario is just something that's like in the air. Like, I mean, you're aware of it, but you've never, you, you haven't necessarily experienced it. So it's hard for you to conceptualize what that's like. But when you live people's worst case scenario, it completely changes how you look at life and um when you experience your own loss it also changes the way you view pregnancy it changes the way you view life it changes the way you interact with your friends and um i can say the same for a lot of my fellow co-workers we anyone that gets pregnant we're like how many weeks you're almost there you're almost there the way we look at it the countdown is real we hit 24 weeks we do a little you're at viability yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) we get towards the ending and you're like in 32 weeks 33 weeks you're like man you know kind of (laughs) tired 
Yeah. Like, you know, a 33-weeker. Yeah. A 34-weeker. You know, you're, you're like in the home stretch. Yeah. You, you, you got some good. pounds on it. Yeah, you got a little pounds. Like, <laughs> you know, a little milk here, a little vitamins here. You're good. Yeah. So the way we look at things is a little bit different. Well, very different. very different. <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah. But once you had that first one, it was but every time though every time every time it's the same every time every time because the you never stop living those scenarios well i saw this remember that crazy thing and then nurses tend to trauma bond like we'll sit over lunch and be like oh remember that remember that oh my gosh oh my god that's wild and so um but there are there are people i have worked with people who are just like that's their story like that happened to them. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen to me. And I feel like that's kind of like the right attitude to have because it'll stop you from enjoying life's pleasures if you're always worried about worst case scenario. It, I mean, it's something to keep in your mind, but you can't let that stop you from living in the moment and enjoying what life has to offer. There you go. Facts. Not to. Facts. <laughs> So that nurse can cook is born. That, that nurse moment. can cook was born out of a need for me to take back control of my life. I had no work-life balance. I was bringing work home. I was like depressed. Wow. I had sad cases. I was depressed. And it literally felt like I was... I, I remember one morning getting up and going to work and feeling like a zombie putting my uniform on and i remember getting in the car and like just mourning the loss of a patient and i was like this is not healthy what you need to do is create a life so full outside of work that you have a way to shut this off wow it's okay to step into these problems once you enter these doors. But once you step outside, you can't forget that you have a life. You have a great family. You have things that you care about. You have hobbies. You have goals. You have things you want to work on. And that really helped me. Now, I don't want to say forget about work, but it helped me compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. And... The more I started to work on that nurse can cook, the less I was worried about work at home. Wow. I was not laying in bed at night like, did I sign for that med? Wow. What would have happened if I would have did this differently? I wonder how that mom is going to like, I don't do that anymore. Now when I'm at home, I'm like, all right, so what are we cooking? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so what are we going to like? What kind of content can I create? How can I get better? How can I attend this class? How can I network? How can I do this? And once I started filling up my outside life with that nurse can cook, the less I felt the need to bring the hospital home. Nice. It truly stayed behind those doors. Nice. It's like leaving one world and stepping into another. And that that was the game changer for me. What was the first moment? that you decided this is going to be a brand, right? Because there's that piece of, all right, you're doing what you love when you mm -hmm. go home. Cooking is separating you. Mm -hmm. But how did you realize and think to yourself, this could be something I bring to the world? Um, I started to realize once my platform started growing and I started to realize the impact that I was having on people 
And not only that, things started to get kind of hairy for me mm. because that nurse can cook started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And before I knew it, I felt like it was becoming bigger than me wow. and it was starting to become overwhelming. Wow. And I was like, all right, I got to figure out a way to honor this new baby that I've created, but still honor my obligations at the hospital and i said in order for me to do that i got to figure out a way to monetize this and if i figure out a way to monetize this then i can have a little bit more of a balance so the bigger that nurse can cook became became i was able to say all right this is what i'm going to set up i'm going to say how many streams of income can i create from this so that i can put a little bit more of my energy over here and kind of scale back my hours at the hospital mm. so i could free up more time to pay attention to this new baby that i created and it just went from there. And then I just started studying. I started taking classes. I started making sure I was reading up on the business. Like, what wow. do I need to do? I, I got a trademark attorney. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me make sure I do this really well. Because I feel like that nurse can cook is like my fourth child. Yeah, and people yeah. say like you're gonna have more kids. That nurse can cook. That's like my fourth <laughs> and fifth and sixth kid. Yeah, like, yeah. so um. I be started to become really protective over it. So I always want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I hire an attorney if I can. Nice. Like if there's anything that I don't understand, I try to make sure that I go to um, an authority before mm -hmm. I do it. I always try to make sure I'm pouring the right resources into it so that it could grow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Those are all important things that I think people <clears throat> skip over, right? Yeah. The ugly work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, eat trademark. <laughs> like, just because you have it, your name is right. there. Like, if you don't own the trademark, then what are you yes. really doing? Yes, and um, someone tried to someone tried to steal my trademark. You serious? <laughs> yeah, they, they someone tried to... Idea. Yeah, it was wild. What was that process My like? attorney called me up, and she was like, someone is trying to infringe on your trademark. Um, they called up the office had some words to say. She was kind of like the person was a little bit unhinged. So she wasn't even really okay. um, sure whether or not to take the person seriously. She wasn't even really a nurse. Yes. <laughs> and like the person tried to file another trademark that was like ridiculously sim similar to mine. And I was like losing my crap. Yeah. I was like, yeah. how can they do this to me? She, my, my attorney was like, first of all, calm down. Yeah. Like, that's why we're here. You gotta relax. <laughs> First of all, you gotta relax. And um, I let my attorneys do what they do. And uh, the examiner uh, denied the application. Ended up denying the application. Okay. Okay. So you were, you were on your way. You were <laughs> I live to see another day. <laughs> but yeah, you have to you have to do that foundational work and it's not always pretty there's a lot of challenges that you face behind the scenes but it, it, it comes with the quote-unquote business yeah now i love that you're able to say all right cool i'm gonna back off that ot i don't really need that this week yeah do you see or do you have almost like this kind of number in your head where if that nurse can cook turns into mm -hmm. this then mm -hmm. i walk away from this is that something that's set for you yeah okay yeah and i'm not quite sure i even put a number on it i'm on 
maternity leave right now. Okay. Okay. And um, I'm figuring things out. Okay. I Got feel it. like I'm at a, I'm at the fork in the road right now. Wow. That's what. Well, that's that's where amazing. I am right now place to be honestly yes as difficult as it may be that is beautiful yes and um i actually spoke to our mutual friend about it uh. and um i was telling her like i think i'm gonna go part-time like okay. that's my first like test of the water to see if i can make this really Got work it. and so i have been working part-time for like a year and a half Got it. Got and when it. i went out on maternity leave I was still part time, a part time employee, and now I'm at the fork of, fork in the road where I just had a baby. I'm on maternity leave, so I'm deciding like, do I want to return? If I do return, in what capacity will I return? Got it. And then I'm just like, I want to love on my baby for yes. as long as I can. Yes. <laughs> so that's where I am right now. <laughs> What's the dynamic like with you and your husband through this process and journey? It's been a little ghetto. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I am going to admit, some days he has to really, he is like the pop-off valve. I call him my pop-off valve because he would be like, sometimes I withdraw when I'm like in my head. If I'm like trying to figure out strategy, engagement, um, how to do this, how can I... And he'd be like, I see that you're stressed out. You need to put the phone down. Okay. You need to put You need to put it down. And like, I want to say maybe a year or two, I was real stubborn with it. I was just like, no, like, I got to hustle. I'm in my yeah, hustle. Yeah. I'm, I was a victim of the hustle culture. Wow. And he used to be... Like, we used to butt heads on that because he used to be like, listen... I care about you yeah. and I'm not going to let you sit here and destroy yourself wow. because you're working too hard. Wow. He will literally, he will, li and it took me a while to get it, but I got it. Yeah. And that was when I was really like, all right, you gotta learn to put the phone down. Yeah. You gotta learn to, learn to put the work down. Yeah. And that's why I said, there's no such thing as balance. There's only healthy boundaries. And that looks like saying no. It looks like, let me love on my husband for a few mm -hmm. days and give him this time that he's been craving. Mm -hmm. And it means that I will delegate certain tasks. It means, yeah, I'm I'm sorry I didn't see your DM. Like, I'm yeah. living in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not the only I'm one sorry. doing it. Like, <laughs> right. you got other stuff going on. <laughs> right. Like, I am not able to respond to yeah. each and every single comment. Yeah. I would love to. And I appreciate the love. I appreciate you engaging with my platform. Yeah. And trust me, I see the comments. I receive the love. I appreciate it. But I'm just not able. If I hope to have a marriage and a family yeah. and a healthy life outside of this app, then I have to learn how to set those boundaries. Wow. Yeah. And one thing I haven't heard you mention, which I always like to ask, what's your, like your self-care and all of this? Because mm -hmm. I feel like cooking may have been a love and it's always a love, mm -hmm. but is it still an escape? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, what do you do to now, mm -hmm. when you take those moments to escape, what are you yeah. doing to just... You know what I started doing? I cook meals that I don't film. There you go. There you go. That is how I maintain my love for the art. Nice. 
I started doing that a lot this year, actually. But before, I used to film every single thing wow. that I cooked, no matter what. Wow. And I would say, this is content. Like, how can I mess up the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. It's content. Like, you're wasting. You cooked the whole meal. You didn't. You mean you didn't film it? Now you've got no content. You got, you got no content, girl. <laughs> this week is dry. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I cook and I don't film it. Nice. That way, I stay connected to the art and I still cook out of enjoyment and not because it's content that's, and I've learned that not every meal I eat is content that's beautiful to say because I think that could apply to anyone with a craft where they yeah. you gotta pull away sometimes yeah. that way too wow. and sometimes I want a raggedy meal <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I want a good old raggedy like <laughs> Something that I just yeah, threw together that don't even look good. Yeah. It, it might taste good, but it might not necessarily like a hot look dog good. And a spaghetti type yeah, deal. like it might be not weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I didn't really plate this nice. I just threw it together, and sometimes this is my non aesthetic meal okay. that my Got family it. and I are enjoying. There you go. <laughs> Food Network. How did you get involved with being able to be part of a contest and a show? And what was that process like for you? It was amazing. And honestly, I'm going to put this in the universe. I can't wait to do it again. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I can't wait to do it again. I feel like it was a foreshadowing for my future and like better things to come and where I see myself. Um, I I really can't. It, this was it was two years. I think it was two years ago at this point. Wait, or was it I, the years go by yeah, so yeah, yeah. fast yeah. um i know it aired 2022 i think it happened a little bit no it's almost two years ago okay we filmed like in the summer got it got it this was right before i got pregnant with my son i think we filmed in the summer um and they reached out and said um oh we're doing like a tryout for some some I don't remember what was the ruse they did to get me down mm -hmm. to the studio. They were like, oh, it's just a tryout for this thing. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And I was like, eh, let me go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as the time went on and we started to stay, like we were in a lot more content, I was, contact, I was like, oh, this seems a little more serious. Um, because there was there's a lot of like steps you have to go through before you even get on the show. And I was like, I feel like they doing a little much for this to be just a tryout, but I'm going to go with it. Like, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to do what they ask. I'm going to give them the information that they're asking. So that was when I started getting a little bit suspicious because okay. I'm like, they're doing a lot. Yeah. There was like paperwork to sign, releases to get, like videos to send TV. in. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is, this seems like a little much. Yeah, yeah. Like I must so, be in it. Am I in Yeah. Like, Y'all taping so, me for free? Uh, right. <laughs> so I got down there um, to the studio and like they kept it on. I got to give Food Network props. Like they never broke the code. Like everybody was on like script and they're like, okay, like we're, we're going to have our producer in this room. Like you're just going to go in there and you're just going to do like a quick little demo. It's going to be like this. And I was just like, perfect. Yeah. This yeah. is fine. Yeah. No big deal. And I get in there and I'm like, all right. And I'm just like, something's not right. <laughs> then, like, I see Chef um, Eddie Jackson. He comes out and he's like, 
well, actually, this is a competition. Oh yeah, my yeah. god. Yeah, like yo for real. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they got me. I was like, they got me. <laughs> Punked. <laughs> they got me. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I got I got a little bit nervous. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, can I really do it? Am I gonna like I don't wanna lose on national, national TV. TV? And I'm like, and I feel like a lot of the pressure came from this buildup. I feel like sometimes maybe people may have put me on a pedestal and mm. I'm like so humble. I'm like I'm, I'm, I, am I as great as people think I am? Mm. Like, if I choke, like, what is this going to mean for me? Like, so um, there was a lot at stake and it was fun. Wow. It was fun, but they didn't leave me. I wasn't left like, like a deer caught in headlights. They're, supposed prep was really preparation for the show there you go <laughs> yeah, it was preparation for the show so, so when we speak to the future and you want to do it again mm-hmm. are you interested in competition or is one of your goals to have your own tv show uh, my own tv show would be wonderful i would lo- i mean think about it envision this okay. every sunday afternoon after breakfast, you sit down and there's that nurse can cook with her crazy kids and her crazy husband teaching you how to make some good curry goats, mm. some baked mac and cheese, some jerk chicken, and just like telling more stories that detail how I grew up, how we all grew up, and you have an opportunity to get your story told through my lens because you see yourself in me. I, I a feel Caribbean it. cooking I feel it. show. It's there. You've been painting pictures this whole interview. It's a picture. I'm, I'm there. I'm in the kitchen. Oh, you're sitting on the couch. Yes. And look, there's Helena. There's her daughter with the Maxine uh. wig in the background. <laughs> her son's beside her. They're He's cooking in the, the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Her husband, his family's from Haiti. This okay. week, she's incorporating mm. some Haitian dishes into the programming nice. they're nice. celebrating christmas they're celebrating new year's like playing in the yeah background. exactly we're <laughs> making soup jumu on. exactly we're making soup <laughs> jumu on the first of january wow. like <laughs> wow I, I i envision it <laughs> you can see it right <laughs> yes yes top five dishes of all time whether it's yours or mm-hmm. just someone else like what are your top five favorites that i've already eaten or that i <laughs> that like you've already eaten yeah in no particular no order. order no order that's fine the haitian food in miami mm. that's top top five that are alive i mean wow. I, I don't know if it's because the proximity to haiti it yes. just feel like they got a goat from haiti in the back <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fresh. i don't know what they put in that food down in miami wow. but the food is unmatched. Wow. Um, next up. Oh, man. This is tough. <laughs> this is tough. Jamaican food. I feel like it's I, real. T- I want dishes, though. It, I want a dish from each place that you name like this. Uh, what can I say? I want to say I had some of them are from family. Okay, that's what I want. I had. I, I know. I know a lady named um, Deacon Sam's at my church. She yeah. make the best curry goat that I put her against you right now. 
Really? I don't know. I don't know. My curry goat is up there. You know, it's on the Mount Rushmore of curry goat. She's straight from Um, yard too. She she ready. Yeah, I had a friend. She's Jamaican, Mm -hmm. and she made like the best curry goat I have ever tasted. And I think she put a little rum inside the curry, so it just had this flavor. And she had me hitting her up like, "Girl, what you putting? What did you put in?" Some Ray and nephew. Yeah. Um, I want to say. Uh, one of my babysitters when I was growing up, God rest her soul, she's Trinidadian, mm-hmm. make the best chicken palau mm, ever. Yes. And it's not a wet palau, it's not a dry palau, it's like kind of in between. Nice. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, with some cold morbi. Oh, yeah. You gotta have yeah. morbi cold. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we're up to number three now. Oh, this is hard because I love food so much, man. Um... What can I say? Mm, this is tough, man. We leaving it at three. I think you got three. You I said think all I got of three. all of Haitian so food hard. in Miami. All of the, the Haitian food in Miami. Worse, uh, me and my husband still talking about it to this wow. day. Um, I think I kind of set the bar really high for Jamaican food. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to judge other people's Jamaican <laughs> food. But my own girl, she really did kill it on that curry goat, that chicken palau. So, so good. I love me a good yes. palau. <laughs> yes. I have to ask, do you have any plans of your own restaurant at some point? Not right now. Okay. Not right now. And I'm going to say not right now because it's not a never for me. Because I don't know where life is going to take yeah. me. Yeah. And I don't know what life has in store for me. But right now, when I think about a restaurant, I think about where I am today and I'm not in that season my kids are really young a restaurant requires a lot of your time if I want to do it the way I want to do it in my own perfectionist mind like it requires a lot and I'm not in that season just yet but I may get there okay now specific to Jamaican food is it easy for you to go out to Jamaican restaurants or do you try absolutely to not them? absolutely not I'd be like what is this? like no BS like I I do I do judge I'm like you now you know you wasn't you weren't supposed to do you know you wasn't supposed to do and you know you put too much water in the curry okay. you know you was you know you weren't supposed to do that okay. and okay. so it is it, it it's kind of hard to impress me is there a signature recipe of yours that if someone's trying to go figure out mm-hmm. to try to make a dish like you mm-hmm. that you would point them to to start with? I don't be telling them my secrets. I know. I I'm going to but... keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to tell them all my okay, secrets now. Okay. Um, I want to say I do got a good. Um, I make a good oxtail. Mm-hmm. Um, my curry goat is top two and it ain't two i'm sorry i'm sorry to your friend i'm sorry i'm sorry to you i'm sorry to your friend but my curry goes my curry goes run the streets okay yeah okay i blend my curries i think that's what makes Mm. my curry different from Mm. other people i layer it a little bit of a secret but yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta layer it yeah you gotta layer those curries and and, you know i do share that with my audience because i feel like that's what sets me apart from other people When they see me, they're gonna know. Oh, she layers her curries. Like she used three different curries. She got the Indian curry. She got the she got Trini curry. She got Jamaican curry. And like I feel like those are mm. like the big three. Nice, nice. <laughs> it's the starting lineup. Now, what's next for you? I know you have 
the ebooks and mm-hmm. everything else. So, and we spoke about that point where you had to realize, well, no, I need to mm-hmm. make income from this too. But yeah. from a business standpoint, yeah. what's next? Um, I have a cookbook that's already done. So I am going to release it finally. It's nice. been a long time in the making, but um, a lot of people don't realize sometimes when you're trying to put something out, you you meet a lot of roadblocks. There's yes. a lot of things you have to overcome. And when you're a perfectionist like me, sometimes it can be to your detriment. I feel like I don't want to pull the trigger unless I have it exactly the way I would rather wait a little until it's where I think it should be before rather than release something prematurely and have it not like meet my expectations or um, have it not accurately reflect the like my brand or how I want it to be seen so the cookbook already complete um, and so that should be released this year okay so 2024 is the year of the cookbook. The year, it's, it's the dropping, year of the cookbook. Happening. Yes, it's happening. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be big. I'm gonna say that. And and we're gonna have everyone who's been following and trying yeah. to understand. They're gonna be able to do a little bit of it. Yes, now. they're gonna do a little. They're gonna have all the recipes in the kitchen right there in one spot. Because I feel like that's really what the people want. Like. Um, it's different when you have to go on YouTube. It's different when yeah. you have to go on the website. It's better to have like a little manual that you keep. Whenever you want to make something, you know where to go to find the recipe. And you have it like a companion in the kitchen right with you. Does your husband cook with you? <laughs> the perfectionist in me is just like, why oh, are you in my... Oh, why yeah, why are you banging my pots like Got that? It. Like, why? Please don't take that fork and scrape this. This is my favorite pot. Mm, like, mm. I'm so controlling and territorial. I'd be like, stick to the eggs, baby. Like, stick to the that, eggs. That the is bacon. me. I'm the <laughs> egg man. I made eggs this morning. My daughters loved it. It was like, amazing. That's you why I stopped. The best eggs. Yes. Did a fried egg today, but the moon. <laughs> that's it nobody could flip an omelet like my husband like you ain't gonna flip this this there you go you ain't gonna fry this bacon like me yes I wanted to ask for the husbands out there like you know one time for all the husbands holding down breakfast duty with some bomb scrambled eggs some bomb omelets yeah my wife would kill it on the dinner i'm I'm, I'm playing the playing the breakfast breakfast in bed like my husband is really good at that breakfast in bed i'll come i I know it just came out the pot nice Nice. and hot like (laughs) yeah so i mean he expresses interest but most time i'm just like i got it please i got it please (laughs) elena we're looking forward to the cookbook maybe there's a cookbook tour in the works too you never know. know I mean with the Samsung live event uh-huh. it kind of planted a little seed yes. a little you know uh-huh, taste uh-huh. and see a little shout out to Wafer and them you know yes. down in the whole crew out there shout out to Wafer she's good yes. people yes <laughs> Helena it's been an honor to have you here and thanks get for a having me on the other side of everything <laughs> yes that's it yes so, it's blue dope